The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and I see, and see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised, so stay here in the city until you have been clothed with the power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I invite you to be seated. Let us pray. Gracious God, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. And take our hearts and set the fire of the Holy Spirit in them. Amen. Two accounts of the same story today, slightly different in their presentation, yet both centering on this time when Jesus physically departs from his followers and tells them to wait. To wait for what God is going to do next, the next step of faith. But what is so clear from both accounts is that this ascension story, the account of Jesus physically leaving his followers, centers on a time of waiting. Waiting for the next step, waiting for what God is going to do, waiting for some clarity about what these followers would have in store in their futures. And so today, let's spend these few sermon minutes with the notion of waiting, Christian waiting, Faith waiting, waiting on the Lord. We heard at the end of the first volume, Jesus telling his disciples that he was leaving them, but but he had something yet in store for them. He was not going to leave them alone, so Jesus said, stay here, stay here, wait until you receive a powerful gift. Jesus said, wait. And then from the beginning of the second volume in the book of Acts, a little different recitation of Jesus' words, but the same message for Jesus says, it is not for you to know the time, so even though I am leaving, do not leave this place, but wait for the promise of God's power. Jesus said, wait. 
We heard Jesus tell his disciples that he was leaving them, but then he told them that he had something yet in store for them. He was not going to leave them alone, so Jesus said, stay here, wait until you receive a powerful gift. Jesus said, wait for the promise of God's power. You know, sometimes, maybe more often than we would like, the Christian life involves waiting. We have come to know, haven't we? We have come to know through faith that there is something more ahead, but it takes time, sometimes time to be revealed or time for us to notice. It is not always clearly focused, and then we are challenged to do something hard, to wait. So how are you at waiting? Are you good at it? I see some uncomfortable hmms out there. When I was young, I rem- remembering that I was about eight or nine years old and our family planned a trip before we went back to school in the fall. We were going to travel from Minnesota to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, the purpose of which, according to my parents, was to visit our family in both Bowbells, North Dakota and Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And we were told that it was going to take over 16 hours of driving in the car without stops. That was the stated purpose, and that was where we were going, and I had to wait a long time in that car. The trouble is, is that that final Canadian destination was going to require some waiting some significant waiting for an eight to nine-year-old, not just waiting for the day that we were going to be leaving, that was one thing, but then waiting the hours and the days it took us to drive across all those miles with five of us in an unair-conditioned 1976 Chevy Malibu in the August heat. Did I say five of us? Yes. For in addition to my parents and my sister and myself, there was grandma who sat between myself and my younger sister in the back seat for over 900 miles. While I waited to be able to go to what was called Potash Corp Playground. That's what I considered the real reason we were going to Saskatoon. It was the promise of visiting Potash where it was like a huge valley fair-like place that I thought would be worth all the waiting. But in truth, Potash is only a brief blip on the radar screen of my lasting memories of all that waiting. Here's what I know now that happened to me in that waiting. For those endless hours as we drove across the country line into Canada with me and my little spot in the back seat sandwiched between grandma and the window, I realized there was something to be learned, something to be captured in waiting, something we are destined to learn and grow and even be surprised in times of waiting. What pales in my memories of the Potash Court playground is that squished time with my grandmother. 
listening to her stories, hearing her quiet snoring as she slept, recognizing her place in our family and mine in there as well. Actually, that goes for being with the whole family, all the family we encountered along the way. And also from the water in Bowbells that smelled like petroleum, to the time with my grandmother's brother, my great-grandmother's brother, who owned a plaster of Paris ceramic shop where we got to pick out a special gift, which I still have, to seeing a whole new country. The magnificent playground took a back seat to all of that. As Jesus left the disciples and ascended into heaven, these followers were told to wait to wait to be clothed in power, to wait for something big in their lives, for the coming of the Holy Spirit, the gift of God's presence in them and with them. But as Jesus departed, they didn't know exactly what that meant or what was coming or how it was going to happen or when it would happen. They were just told to wait. Jesus told them that they would not know the time or the place, but they were to trust the promise of God and wait. Now I am sure, I'm convinced that each of the followers of Jesus had a potash playground notion in the back of their heads. A picture in their minds of their destination of God's plan to be revealed. And I am also certain that not a one of the followers of Jesus was prepared for what really happened when the Holy Spirit blew into town and set them afire with the message of the gospel. But here's what they did as they waited. They got in the car together, trusting that the road ahead and the people beside them would be a constant in their waiting. They gathered together and they worshiped God. They swapped joy-filled stories and learned more about each other and about themselves. They did not go off on their own where waiting can be so draining. Think about waiting alone in the middle of the night for some life-changing news. Your thoughts become almost haunted, don't they? But instead, these followers, knowing the promise of Jesus, that they would be clothed with power, they were together being, like being squished in a car on a journey, they were continually blessing God. I think it would be interesting to have been able to ask the followers of Jesus about that time between Jesus ascending into heaven and 10 days later on Pentecost when the Holy Spirit let loose with God's power about that time of waiting. I want to believe that their stories of waiting would be like the story of my childhood trip to Canada, that they would remember that time spent together, their possibilities with the growing family of God, their fears expressed, the challenges met together, the new insights gained for each of them. Yes, a common critical thread in these two accounts that was revealed about the ascension story is indeed waiting. How did they wait together? Jesus, of course, telling his followers to wait for God's promised power. 
to wait, something most of us are not all that great at doing. But waiting, not alone, but with the family, the faith family. In waiting, we can discover so much together. Maybe it is only truly seen as we look back on the journey and see what really turned out to be important in life-giving, but it is most likely to happen when we are squished together in the sanctuary, this vehicle of worship. When we find simple joys waiting together. When we are reminded of one another's connections to one another. In baptism, in forgiveness, in Christ's love, in our belonging. And then we are able to know the Spirit's power in our lives as we claim a future with all the saints, the end of all waiting, the time and the place that Jesus made possible through his dying and then his victory over death. As we begin these summer months now, and as you seek to know what the Spirit has in store for your life, for your future, jump on in here. Gather each week for worship. Hear the stories of your faith family and encounter awesome places along the way. This is waiting as Jesus envisioned it for his people. Faith waiting. And waiting together, I'm convinced, is the only way to go. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, as we today have lifted up the ascension of our Lord, we recognize that we cannot really have Pentecost and the power of the Holy Spirit let loose on the world without remembering the waiting. The waiting of the ten days following your Son being lifted into the heavens. As we continue to wait for the return of Christ, bless the world with patience with one another. Encourage us to advocate for each other. And let your spirits present guide our callings in the world to love and to serve our neighbors. Amen.